Hey, Dan. Hi, talk, You want to talk Hallmark movies? I suppose that's why we're here. That's why we're yeah. recording. That is why we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Hallmark fans of all ages and all genders. Guys, gals, and non-binary gingerbread pals. Exactly. I am Eleonora Thomas. I'm Dan Kostelik. And this is the as-of-yet untitled Hallmark movie podcast. <laughs> The Still untitled the Hallmark movie podcast. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's uh, hard to say about that. It rolls I off the tongue. Season's greetings, and welcome to the as of yet untitled Hallmark Channel movie podcast, hosted by Dan Kostelik and Eleonora Thomas. Sponsored by no one, as we have yet to seek out any sponsors. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, reach out to us. Now, get ready for episode two, the timey-wimey episode, in which Dan can still not get over flights of cocoa. Here are your hosts, Dan and Eleonora. Well, I think last week we had Hallmark <laughs> Channel in there, very specific, but you know, whatever. At one point. Whatever. It's going to change names once we find a name that's actually kind of clever, maybe. We'll see. And also start talking about the Netflix movies. <laughs> and all the other things. Anything Hallmark-esque. Because Dan and I are lovers of all things. Well, all things Christmas. Pretty much. And the formulaic Hallmark Christmas movies. Indeed. And they usually follow a formula that is satisfying and goes down like a, a good gingerbread cookie. A, a nice cup Hot of cocoa? cocoa yeah yeah like the cocoa <laughs> at the uh cocoa tasting that you see in many of these hallmark movies they there's always a cocoa tasting scene where somehow there are flights of cocoa being served i can't get over that from episode one the most wonderful time of the year and this episode which will be titled Dan soon has, <laughs> yeah it'll be titled soon the as yet untitled this episode <laughs> Dan can't get over cocoa flights. Is that what we call this one? I don't know. No, no. It's like visions of <laughs> visions of sugar plums, but flights of cocoa. I like it. I think, mm. you know, Dan. Maybe if we actually find a way to get together sometime this year, we should have a flight of cocoa between the two of us. Oh and yeah, a non-dairy cocoa. I have some Amazon, and I don't mean from the company Amazon. I mean like Amazonian style cocoa mix. I'm eager to try. So it's made by Warrior Women. It is. It That's is amazing um, from the island of Themyscira. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that are just tuning in, Dan and I are lovers of Hallmark movies, and we are here to talk about this week's selections in the Hallmark universe. Dan, would you like to tell us what those are? Oh, sure. It aired on Friday, November 5th, Gingerbread Miracle, starring Merritt Patterson and John Ecker. And... The one that aired on Saturday was Next Stop Christmas, starring Lindsay Fonseca, Chandler Massey, Leah Thompson, and Christopher Lloyd. And <laughs> the Connecticut Yuletide Singers. Ooh, people yes. you know. And on Sunday, we had A Christmas Treasure, starring Jordan Sparks and Michael Xavier. Well, Dan, do you want to go in order again this week? I know you uh, like going in order. <laughs> Linear time, I find, is a helpful construct that we have created, and <laughs> things don't have to be Jeremy Baramy at all times, but you know what? Everyone could just, you know, hang out right here in the dot of the eye with us for forever. I'm okay that, with it, so. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, because we did have a movie that went against linear time this week. In that case, I want to end with that movie. <laughs> Okay, so why don't we start with A Gingerbread Christmas, which was the Gingerbread first... Miracle. G gingerbread Miracle, excuse me. I, I know the titles are very specific because next year there will be a Gingerbread Christmas, so we have to differentiate Indeed. between them. Uh, or A Miracle Christmas. of Gingerbread. <laughs> In fact, that's actually what you call a grouping of gingerbread people made out of gingerbread cookies and the gingerbread houses. Uh, a grouping of gingerbreads is called a miracle of gingerbread. Like a murder Just of crows? And a parliament of penguins. But it's a miracle of gingerbreads. I would go with that. 
especially if it's excellent gingerbread and it's hard to find a really good gingerbread. There's a woman mm. at my church who makes the best gingerbread I have ever had. The cookies are just thick enough to hold the shape and firm enough to mm. hold the shape of the cookie cutter. But at the same time, they're chewy. Like, I don't know how she does this witchcraft, but she creates the best gingerbread people I have it, ever had in my life. It sounds almost like Moravian spice cookies that way. They might be, but they're uh, delicious. That's all that oh, matters. That, that, that is all that matters, honestly. Well, and I think that's actually something important to relate to this movie this year, um, that this particular gingerbread is not your typical American gingerbread cookie because this story involves a panateria, a Mexican bakery. So the plot, two old friends from high school work together over Christmas to sell his uncle's Mexican bakery, famous for its magical gingerbread cookies that Grant wishes. Mm. Well, I found this film thoroughly engaging. Really? I, you did? I did. I absolutely oh. loved it. Oh, I see that Dan might be disagreeing with me here. Uh, I usually <laughs> love Merritt Patterson movies, and I did not love this one. I did. You know, I felt like it really, truly spoke to the immigrant experience. So as okay. I was watching it, so I, I took notes this week so that I could actually speak what? with some sort of authority. <laughs> I know, right? This, this, show, this show isn't planned. <laughs> planned is a relative term my notes aren't very clear but one of the things uh, i made sure that i commented on was the fact that it reminded me of my grandmother the whole movie in general reminded me of growing up with my grandmother as a significant influence in my life so um my grandmother was of ukrainian and german descent and the male lead, the protagonist in this story, he was of Mexican descent and he's raised by his uncle, as you mentioned in the lovely little synopsis that you gave. And one of the things I noticed was that he was being pushed into a career he didn't want because he felt obligated to do right by his immigrant family. And that is something that happens so frequently in first and second generation families. And that happened to me in particular. I told my grandmother that I wanted to be a chef. I was really excited. I had gotten into cooking. I was trying out all these exciting new recipes, haute cuisine, and I wanted to be a chef in an actual restaurant. And my grandmother shot me down. And she was like, no, you can do better than that. You don't need to be a cook. You're going to go to college. You're going to get higher education. And I said, well, I want to go to culinary school, Oma. And she said, no, no, no. My granddaughter does not have to cook for anyone. And that was a running theme in this particular movie that yeah. the, the nephew really wanted to be a cook. He wanted to be a chef. He wanted to be a baker and carry on his family's traditions. But the family said, no, we came here to do better for you. And I think there's pressure that's put on the children of and grandchildren, or in this case, nephews of immigrants, people that they're raised by immigrants, to do things like become a doctor or a lawyer, these high-powered jobs, because they may have left their higher-powered jobs in the old world to come mm -hmm. to this new country and had to do something that maybe they didn't think was as worthy of them which is not Indeed. true at all. I mean, as you and I both know as lovers of food, food is worthy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I, I completely get it. It, In that way, it reminded me of the movie The 100-Foot Journey. Oh, my God, I love that movie. Where yes. the family of our main character, he wanted to go off and become a hot couture chef. And I don't even know if I'm using that phrasing correctly. But he wanted to go become a high-end chef, and his family wanted him to stay where he was or go do something greater on its own outside of cooking. It was, you either stay cooking in the family restaurant or go off. There right. Are, there, there's no there's becoming no a French chef. No. <laughs> so I found that part of this film to be really emotionally connected to the immigrant experience as somebody who has gone through that experience. 
And okay. I also really loved the wishing on the gingerbread cookies. I think it pulls on so many traditions that we have in cuisine that have to do with making wishes. If you think about wish bones at Thanksgiving mm -hmm. with like the turkey, pulling apart the wishbone or the king cake for Mardi Gras, who finds the baby. There's so many different traditions that we have that are around some sort of mystical cooking. I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibility that this family could have magical gingerbread cookies. And, sure. and, and in the end, it wasn't so much that it was the magic in the cookie. It was the magic that we put into it. The belief that we put behind it is what actually makes our dreams come true. The belief we have in them. So I really enjoyed it. And I loved their See, chemistry. I feel you're almost pulling me around on this one. Okay. Almost. It, it just, it just, it just wasn't really there for me. So tell me what bothered you because maybe you'll pull me back. I couldn't. I couldn't continue to pay attention to it. It just kept, I found myself too easily distracted from this one. My phone, I, I'm, I'm starting to hold that as an indicator of how good a movie is if I don't look at my phone. I understand that. Other than to, oh, who is that? Who is that? Let's look them up. Let's look them up. I, I So I don't count that part. Of right. IMD, going through people's IMDBs. But I started just, scrolling through my email and text messages and it just wasn't holding my attention as well oh and see everything about it held my attention the the colorful sets the um the music oh my goodness the music the mexican inspired christmas music throughout the film the acoustic guitar it was just so spot on and unlike last week where the Christmas carolers had instruments, but no actual physical instruments on them. There were physical <laughs> instruments. <laughs> and I loved that. I love that they showed us some of the traditions, uh, the Mexican Christmas traditions that were involved in there. The only two things that bothered me in the entire film that would bring it down. Uh, number one, the music was fantastic, except for in the one scene where they're getting ready to have their almost kiss almost kiss and suddenly the music sounded like doogie hauser i don't know what <laughs> happened <laughs> like did they run out of money to pay the composer that was supposed to be scoring it and they're like oh here let's find some stock score that we can throw on in i have no idea but i was like are we back in 19 like 89 here listening to neil patrick harris write a monologue <laughs> you know no what they this. should have done you know what they should have done they should have gone to the Patreon that you're a subscriber to. That's true. And gotten <laughs> and some found that guy's stock music. music. Yeah, because his stock music's great, right? That's our intro and extra music. It sounds delightful. It is. Um, so that, that bothered me just the tiniest bit. And the only other thing that bothered me is there was one scene, quite often in Hallmark, you're going to find a little bit of traditional gender expectations. They're breaking away from that. And usually I'm so very, very proud of how Hallmark is playing with the gender norm. But in this case, there was a scene where he said, I've just got a man up. And that was the only thing that really knocked it down for me at all. It's like, it's 2021 people. It's 2021 Hallmark and Crown Media. Can we just get rid of the phrase man up? I mean, we're talking about films that are appealing to the emotional side of people as it is so why do we have to berate someone and in this case he's berating himself for having emotions and telling himself he needs to man up say i need to grow up or i need to be more mature about this or i need to be an adult or suck it up even i could handle that but man up really infuriated me i get that i 100 percent do however in this particular context, I think it might be okay. And feel free to tell me I'm wrong because it's like, listeners, you might not be able to tell, but I'm just, you know, 40-year-old cisgendered white-looking guy. And <laughs> so it's like, ah, dude, maybe you shouldn't be the one to speak on this. But in this particular case, as a storytelling device, 
I felt it was okay because he was attempting to also move past that part of himself and do better. And it was, and they didn't give enough attention to it, but these things, when you clock them out, are usually about 90 minutes long. So there's not always a ton, actually a little bit less even. So there's not always the time to really fully develop someone's psyche necessarily. But in this regard, it was a toxic-ish way of talking to himself that I think he was trying to move past. Okay. <laughs> I might have to watch <laughs> it Take it or again. leave it. Take it or leave it. I just, I feel like there's just so many more ways to do it that don't take up any of that 90 minutes. You can Sure, I gotta go put on my big kid pants. There you go. Exactly. That show that you're trying to grow up and move past something instead of saying, I am a man and therefore need to be manly. I mean, yes, I love these movies, but I also love that Hallmark has been trying to expand on what is the cultural norm. And I feel like we've gotten past that at this point. I don't know. I'm rambling. I think it's time to move on. <laughs> All right. So, Dan, uh now that we've had this lovely little discussion about our gingerbread miracle, which I thought was just short of miraculous, but not very far, <laughs> uh, just short, what would you rate this one? I will give it, I'll give it half credit. I'll give it a two and a half out of five. Wow. And see, for me, this one's a solid four. Okay. Just choose. It shows that we don't agree on everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. And Christmas I'm curious. Treasure, I think, jumping around. So we're going to go from Friday to Sunday. Time is wibbly uh, wobbly. It's it's explodey wody. <laughs> so uh, let's see if we agree on this one because I have opinions on this. I feel we are also not going to agree again. <laughs> You give it a, a start, Christmas Dan. treasure starring Jordan Sparks and Michael Xavier after opening a 100 year old time capsule and meeting a charming chef. Lou questions whether or not she should move to New York after Christmas and further her writing career. And the answer on that, by the way, is always no, you don't need to move to New York. You don't need to. <laughs> I did it twice. You don't need to. But you, regardless, true. regardless, I really liked this one. Oh, Dan. <laughs> You're right. We are not going to agree this week. Uh, no. No. All right. You're going to have to give me why you didn't like it because I thought it was adorable. Oh, I just thought it was tired and predictable. And yes, it's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yes, but Hallmark has been putting so much new and exciting things into their films that are not as predictable. Yes, they still follow. Like, you know, that 15 minutes before the end of the movie, there's usually going to be some sort of conflict that are our lovers going to get together. And then in the last three minutes, yes, surprise, they do. Sometimes, sometimes they will make it a half an hour before the end of the movie. Oh, and then you, at Jeff. the 15 minute mark, they start wrapping it up. It's like, okay. Honestly, uh, I felt like this, this one in particular didn't wrap it up really at all. No, it, was, it did not. It was, uh, it was sad. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get to specifics. Um, yes. I, I was very, intrigued by Jordan Sparks being in it, especially since everything that I saw leading up to this was like musical. So I'm like, oh, is it actually going to be a musical? No. No. It was They're never a musical. They're never a musical. Very rarely. There's been like one or two in like 20 years. Um, but I was excited. I was thinking it would be more musical than it was. You were on your phone, weren't you? I was definitely on my phone for most of it. Uh, except for when I was re-watching it on my phone and the Hallmark app won't let you rewind or fast forward. So it forced me, I actually watched this film twice, Dan, so that I could talk about it. <laughs> and each time I was completely not invested 
at all. Um, I liked the idea so of sorry. the um, the time capsule. I thought that was sweet and amusing. But when it came down to it, it was like, what? where was the drama in this one? It was just sort of flat. Okay. It laid so flat. And, okay, when Jordan Sparks' character, who is Lou, named after her mm-hmm. great-grandfather, is trying to coach her sister-in-law to take over her annual solo at the big town concert. Mm -hmm. They sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And then the song at the great town concert, which the sister-in-law spoiler alert can't sing because she's having a baby (gasps) is this Christmas, not we wish you a Merry Christmas. So why were they rehearsing? We wish you a Merry Christmas and not this Christmas. Continuity. That's not always Hallmark Channel movie strong points. So, <laughs> as evidenced by Christmas in Harmony, um, it's like this can't happen. Yes, it can. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing, though, is in these movies, and this is just a general thing. This can't possibly happen. No, we're ruined. And then one person goes. Oh, we could just do this. And then everybody immediately says, yes, yes, we can. <laughs> That's one of my favorite tropes of these. <laughs> oh, no, all is ruined. No, it's not. Okay, we're fine. <laughs> Everyone turns on a dime. <laughs> about the only thing that really, truly amused me about this particular film was as you called it last week, the hallmark pool of actors that they pull from. Mm. So yes, we the, had the hallmark stable of celebrities. That's right. We had Daniel stable Bacon. Stable of stars. Daniel Bacon. I think it was Daniel, uh, who was actually in one of the films last week <laughs> that we watched. Uh, or maybe it was from the first week. It was uh, Yumi and the Christmas Trees. He played the mayor in Yumi We're and week the Christmas Week One. Yeah, in week one. And he was the editor of the town paper that Lou works for in this Man's getting work. And the other actor uh, that really amused me was the one who played the mayor in this particular film. And that's Nelson Wong, who has been in almost, I think, 25 Hallmark Christmas movies. And that was last month alone. (laughs) Because we make these in an hour. It's almost, I have to say real quick on that, Hallmark churns these out almost as fast as Tyler Perry churns things out. And what is has to happen next is the Tyler Perry universe and the Hallmark cinematic universe need to combine forces and form a new MCU. And that will be the Medea cinematic universe. <laughs> Medea Cinematic Universe exists already. I, I think it yes, exists but, as its own thing. All right. A Medea Christmas universe. <laughs> well, speaking I of want that. the verses, uh, Nelson Wong, I decided while well, I was completely bored by this film <laughs> to, <laughs> to Google Nelson Wong, where I found out not only has he played in almost 25 Hallmark Christmas movies, but in a good portion of those, he has played the same character. That would be Kenny Kwan. And he calls it the Kennyverse. That's right. The Kennyverse. He is the same character throughout, even if it's completely different towns, completely different states, cities. It doesn't really matter. It's still Kenny. He was in Christmas at the Plaza. Mm-hmm. That was two years ago. And that he was, was in Timeless Christmas last year. Exactly. And but Timeless Christmas, I don't think he was playing Kenny. Hold on. Let me pull this up. No, here real quick, I think please. he was. I oh, you're think right. He was. You're right. He was Kenny, the assistant director of the museum. Right. And in Christmas at the Plaza, he was, I guess, like in charge of the annual Christmas decorations of the hotel, like the concierge. Yeah, he, he was the head concierge. He's also been in Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, the Picture Perfect Mysteries as Kenny Kwan. And wait for it, DJ Kenny Kwan. Kenny tries all the different careers. He's very... 
Kenny has Versatile. a varied and rich life, and he doesn't like to stay in one place for too long. And the funny thing is, he's been in other movies that aren't even Hallmark Christmas movies as Kenny and Kenny Kwan. And apparently, <laughs> they all Kenny just Kenny Kenny has his own thing going on. He does. Well, apparently most of them are films that he's done in collaboration with director Ron Oliver, uh, who directed Christmas at the Plaza. And he created Kenny Kwan for a mystery series for Here TV. And he's brought back the character, or at least its name, for all of the movies that they do together. And in this particular article that I found, he says that he started out as a hotel desk clerk and has had many jobs since then. He's been a kitchen TV show director, a wedding planner assistant, a dance teacher, a wedding DJ. And apparently he actually did have three other names, but he was working undercover. Mm. So here's my thinking about Kenny Kwan and the Kenny Kwaniverse, the Kenniverse. I think the Kenniverse is actually different shards of the multiverse so he's the same character but in different realities every time because sometimes mm. he'll he'll have lines like i've been here for years or i've been at this job for 10 years and things like that and so in order for kenny to be able to do that either he's moonlighting a lot or he's an immortal or <laughs> and i'm not throwing that one out or he is in several different realities at once and he will actually appear in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Well, he was in Arrow, so that doesn't surprise me. As Kenny Kwan? As Kenny Kwan. Please Not tell as me as Kenny, Kenny Kwan. Kwan. But he could have been undercover uh, in Arrow. <laughs> because he did say that he's played undercover in multiple things. Yeah, what did he play in Arrow? He was Rich Cannon, which obviously was Kenny undercover. Oh, obviously. Come on. That is an undercover name if ever I've heard one. Let me put so, this out here. Nelson Wong, if you are stumbling upon this podcast, we would love to have you as a guest to talk about the Kennyverse. So reach please. out to us, Nelson. I know you're listening. <laughs> and also, Elle and I, we're not going to reach out. We are lazy. <laughs> Once again, you are the biggest, fattest liar ever. <laughs> hey, don't don't fat shame me. You're right. I'm the biggest medium liar. <laughs> this is so stupid. We are ridiculous. Oh, so what would you give us more? Because we, you liked it, and I didn't, and I've I totally did. taken over. I so. did. I, I, I was thoroughly enjoying this. I think Michael Xavier is a fun actor to watch. He did. Oh, since this is our time travel episode, he did a time travel movie last year with Tamara Mowry. Was that the Christmas Carousel one? The Christmas Carousel. That one was fun and fantastic where he was the science teacher who was her high school rival and now her and, and becomes her boyfriend at the end. They realize they fall in love. He was in the Netflix movie that is the name is Escaping my uh memory at the moment where he was the evil boyfriend and she ended up uh going with a much nicer guy uh okay. from the small town and i i find him just very watchable and jordan sparks was adorable in this I, she was i just didn't find the script in Engaging at all no but they but he elevated his part of it and even though she's not an actress by trade but falls in on the singing side she acquitted herself very well and he was able to pull it out of her even more mm -hmm. and i thought that they worked together really really well and i just liked it like a lot of the scripts that we have in the hallmark movies are elevated by very capable directors and fantastic actors, even if you can acknowledge in the moment that the words they're saying are less than perfect. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have fantastic scripts that are just top-notch golden. Most of the time they're okay. And this was an okay script that I feel that they elevated a bit more. 
I hear you. <laughs> I acknowledge your feelings. They are valid. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was a therapy session. I still disagree. <laughs> I, I, and it, once again, it has nothing to do with the actors or the acting. I just didn't, I found the plot uninteresting and okay. more formulaic than usual. I I guess maybe I've started to expect more of Hallmark and this felt like All a right. Hallmark movie from 10 years ago. So you're saying that this particular Christmas treasure should be reburied. Yeah, put it back into that time capsule and pull it out in like 20 years. And we can say, oh my gosh, look how quaint Hallmark was in like 1996. Cause this really is like a 1996 Hallmark movie. And <laughs> especially with the way their phones rang that was like their Hallmark is remarkably inconsistent with the way phones sound and work. <laughs> it's like, we all know how these work. Come on. But I did, I did like the family, the webs. Mm -hmm. I think that was the, the family name. They were founders of this town that I guess was supposed to be in Colorado yet again. I, I think so because the mayor from the Yumi and the Christmas tree. No, wait, that was in Connecticut. So never mind. I'm, yeah. I'm talking over myself here. It's okay. It's all right. This happens sometimes, just like the Kenny verse, all of it melds into one thing. And that's, just, and that's just the magic of a Hallmark movie. It is. But what would your final score on this one be? Three. Since you watched it twice. Three? Three. You gave it a higher score still than I gave the other one. Well, it takes a lot for me to really dislike a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and like last week, I think the lowest I got was 2.5 out of six of them. So, yeah, three. Okay. Well, my score for this is a very, uh, very solid four. I, I liked this one quite a lot. Well, I think the redeeming qualities in this was the fact that I did discover the Kennyverse, and I'm kind of intrigued by the Kennyverse. <laughs> so that bounced it You're up gonna a jump little down. bit. All right. Tune in in just a couple of weeks. Eleanor is going to have a Kennyverse smash cut yes. of just every scene. And yes. then Kenny, amazingly enough, by the end interacting with himself and asking <laughs> one of the Kennys, is he ready to join the Kennyverse initiative? I, yes, yes. And, and he, I don't know where I'm going to find the time to do this. But and there that Kenny is going to be wearing an, and that Kenny will be filmed by us because we're obviously getting him on this podcast because we know he's a listener and <laughs> he'll be wearing an eye patch, Nick Fury style. He'll be Kenny. He'll be Kenny Fury. Okay, Dan, let's move on to our last selection for this week, which really was the middle selection. But since this is our time traveling edition, we're being all, you know, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey and saving what I think was the best for last. Save the best for last. Next stop, Christmas. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. Let me say that a bit more like an engineer. Next stop, Christmas. <laughs> You sounded just like Christopher Lloyd. Oh, oh Marty, what, what, we have to go back to the future. Mm. <laughs> so starring Lindsay Fonseca, Chandler Massey, Leah Thompson, and Christopher Lloyd. And now here's the impression that nobody asked for as we give the synopsis. Oh, Andrew wonders what her life would be like if she had married a former boyfriend who became a famous sportscaster. She takes the train home to spend Christmas with her family and inexplicably finds herself 10 years in the past. With the advice of the train's enigmatic conductor, Angie has the chance to revisit that Christmas and learn what and who is truly important to her. And when this Hallmark movie hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some <laughs> serious magic. We do actually, and it's not even oh. at 88 miles per hour at that point. At that point, the train is probably going about maybe 10 miles an hour where the magic occurs. Yeah. Yeah, probably. The the portal to the future. <laughs> I actually Oh Hallmark special effects. It, I wish we had had that special effect a little earlier, actually. I I would have loved it from the beginning. Take it into the hokey sci-fi black hole thing that they traveled through. 
Hallmark really loves time travel concepts and Christmas Carol motifs. It seems for the last several years, at least two a year. And this is two back-to-back weekends as well. And I think this is the best one I've seen. Oh, this one's this one's a delight. This is oh, going to be a constant watch for me. Oh, I'm glad we finally are agreeing on something. Oh sweet. no! I, I spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dan's breaking into the podcast right now. Eleanor can't hear Dan. You see, he's giving this five out of five stars right now. Eleanor doesn't know I'm about to do this. She'll find out in the editing later. So, where were we? <laughs> well, I let the audience know a couple of things, a couple of thoughts about the that future? you're not going to get to learn until you go into the edit bay. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I, I fully expect all of it to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. So, yeah, so, I really enjoyed this one, Dan. I really loved oh, it. Oh, good. Good, 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 good. I'm glad we're finally on the same page about one of them this week because I... I thought it was so well done. First thing, as we said last week, this was Christopher Lloyd as Tom Hanks in Polar Express. <laughs> but with the timey-wimey effect to it, um, I loved how she fell asleep on the train and suddenly it was this old-fashioned train with Christmas lights and donuts and jingle bells and all the wonderful things of the season. I've actually... There's a train around here that does a holiday train that I've been wanting to take mm -hmm. my mom on. And it just looked like that fantasy of the holidays. Her character was a little bit flighty, but in a good way, because she was so focused. She couldn't mm -hmm. see what was right in front of her. Sure. But unlike in Boyfriends of Christmas Past, which was our Christmas Carol knockoff from two weeks ago, there were so many redeeming qualities to this woman, unlike that one where I was just like, I don't like her. I don't understand mm. why any of these guys wants to have a thing with her. With this one, it was like, she just doesn't get it. Yeah. But she it's because she was so focused on getting back together with her sportscaster boyfriend. She thought that that was the way that she could fix the past. And on the way, she accidentally fixes the past, but it's not the way she thinks it's going to be. So there was almost like a quantum leap effect to this, by the way. Rest in peace, Dean Stockwell. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, there, it just, it was wonderful. I, I can't sing its praises enough. It was, it was great. Just solid, solid performances from people. A really good script, I thought. Yes, and and subtle moments, like between her parents, as we're seeing their relationship start to dissolve. Because in the beginning of the film. The main character, she's working as a surgeon in mm -hmm. an emergency room, I think, in New York yeah. City. And she doesn't go home for Christmas anymore. She's barely connected with her family. But she has made in her mind this memory of this Christmas that she's gone back in time to. That it was this amazing holiday, the last time that they all had that family feeling that we expect from Hallmark movies. And as we go back with her, we discover it wasn't at all what she thought it was. That the cracks were beginning to show even then, she just was so self-absorbed she didn't see them. And now she has a chance to see that her parents really aren't in the place that she always thought they were. That it really shouldn't have been a surprise to her when her parents split. That they had started falling apart long before and if they could fix it now in the past, that maybe it could fix it for the future, but it wasn't such a shock. It shows that those cracks start to appear in relationships. And if you don't handle them when they happen, that's when it starts to become a problem down the road. Exactly. And I also really loved her relationship with her sister who once again, she thought that they were always super close and had drifted apart, but they were drifting apart already. In fact, it seems like they never really were as close as she had built them up to be in her mind. And part of her going back in time gave her an opportunity to become closer with her family in a way that she never had before. And I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. 
you know, I, you you've said so much that I already <laughs> want to say about it. So I'm, I'm just kind of agreeing with. It's all right. I'm just agreeing with you over here. I and oh, Aunt Mert. I really mm. loved Aunt Mert, who, by the way, I believe she was on. Oh gosh, what soap opera? It wasn't General Hospital. All my children for years. I used to watch it with my grandmother. I was like, oh, I recognize this actress. I haven't seen her in an eternity. <laughs> I watched All My Children a little bit. I mean, because you, you got to respect the Susan Lucci. Yes. Um, but the show I would watch with my mom was Guiding Light, oh. which ended a few years ago. Yep. Yeah, it's was, nice that was to the see, one I would do. It's nice to see a, a soap actor who had that consistent work and doesn't have it anymore to find another route in which to work in you know i used the consistent to... work <laughs> hey you're in hallmark you good yeah exactly. you dependable <laughs> you're in exactly be in that hallmark pool that stable of actors and i love it's almost like repertory theater it is definitely is i loved christopher Flo uh, lloyd in this I don't know why I was about to call him Christopher Floyd. That was something completely different. That would be weird. Leah Thompson, though, she was a delight. Yes. And the dog. The dog <laughs> made it. Freaking cute dog, I'm telling you. In fact, that poor dog became Leah Thompson's life while she and her husband were struggling. And the minute they hit it back off, they do a shot of the dog. And the dog's like, hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm not the favorite anymore. I was like, great dog acting. Yes. And finding good dog performances. <laughs> it's like is, children. Yeah, it's a little hit or miss. But the when kid you in have this was great, great too. You have a good one. It's good. No, I mean, every every part of this was firing on all cylinders. Or every piston. Mm -hmm. Oh. Because it's a steam train. Um <laughs> That train just kept on chugging down the tracks. I was engaged the entire time. I didn't feel like uh, I wanted to get off. I was there. It never went off the rails. It didn't go off the rails. <laughs> I was with it the they whole time. They never had to switch tracks in Albuquerque. They just kept going. And I did not check my phone at all during this film. So I can't Even tell for you IMDb? Not even for IMDb. Wow. That's how much I enjoyed it. And... I had friends in it again. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, that is the one issue I had. I love you, Connecticut Yuletide uh, singers. But for some reason, when they were in Aunt Mert's party, maybe this was part yes. of the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff that they were doing, but they were singing Deck the Halls. And they just kept on singing. Don, we now are gay apparel. Fa la 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 la. Don, we now are gay apparel. Fa la 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 la. Don, we now. It was always the same phrase of Death the Halls over and over again. And I was like, there are more verses to this song. <laughs> um, I'm going to, because I, I didn't catch on that. So, hey, it's going to be on again later this week. So I'm going to. You're going to listen Go watch for it, it again. this time. Yeah, my uh, my better half and I, are, we're going to have a, a date night, I hope, and watch this one. But I, I, I would chalk that up to, because it, the movie was so well done otherwise, I would chalk that up to the timey-wimey-ness of it and not a weird sound editing choice in order to just try to keep things consistent. It's possible. I mean, and I couldn't see because they were blurred out in the background due to depth of field whether mm -hmm. their lips were singing the Don We Now, but it kept on going back to that. And I'm like, am I imagining this? Or is this actually what's happening in this moment? It, it might have also been the only, it might have been the only aud audibly clean verse that the sound people captured. That's and possible. And so we, they just kept recycling that. Very, very, very possible. But that was the only the only thing that drove me crazy in this film overall and, i thought it and was i didn't i didn't even catch that and stuff like that usually drives me batty mm -hmm. so i didn't i didn't even get hung up on that but now i'm gonna be listening for it yeah of course you are <laughs> when i watch the next i'm like oh when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen <gasps> there it is so. so dan what did you give this one? Oh, the audience already knows eleanor do they? The so audience want, already knows. Do you want me to say mine then? And then, then I yeah. can I 
figure it out by going back in time. Back in mm. time. Back in time. In the future, you'll go back in time. What? <laughs> in... I will go back in time? Let's in... assume you already did. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, in spite of my weird little thing about Deck the Halls, I'd say this is my first five out of five for this season. Nice. Yeah. And that means we are in agreement as the yeah! audience already knows. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> Al and Dan, Al and Dan, Al and Dan. We agreed on something. <laughs> I really, really love this one. And I could it was, watch it again. It was good. This might go into my pile of like must watch every year Christmas movies. Oh, along, absolutely. Yeah, along with Snow Globe Christmas, which I think was actually a lifetime Christmas movie from a few years ago. It was mm. a Donald Faison and oh, I can see her face, the redhead that always does these. Um, Alicia Vitt? Yes, it was Alicia Witt mm. and Donald Faison, Snow Globe Christmas. Whenever that pops up on TV in my on demand, I am watching that. So this one, mm. definitely. I don't know that one. I'm going to have to find it. All right. Well, for next time, everybody, we're going to be talking about three more Hallmark Christmas movies. We're going to be talking about Open by Christmas, which stars Allison Sweeney, oh, who is another Hallmark stable of actors performer, but she is always in the lead. We're going to be talking about My Family Christmas Tree, starring Amy Teagarden, great name there, Andrew Walker, and James Tupper, and uh, A Holiday in Harlem, which is directed by uh, someone you know. By Keith and Powell. And that uh, stars Olivia Washington, Will Adams, and Tina Lifford. Now, real quick about Family Christmas Tree. Uh, I just want to put out the description for this real quick. When Vanessa receives the results from her family tree DNA test, she discovers a family she didn't know existed and travels to their home for Christmas, which is like the Hanukkah one from last year, which co-starred Ben Savage. Yes! And Mary Lou Henner. So, yeah. So, mm, Hallmark uh, is discovering uh new types of things they like to do time travel family dna tests and like we're gonna do a thousand of these ones now and that's a-okay with me actually this one sounds more like a hallmark movies and mysteries again this sounds like a miracles of christmas mm, maybe yeah and this year they have fewer miracles of christmas so i wonder if they bumped some of them that were originally intended for movies and mysteries to countdown to christmas well, the one from last Sunday with Katie Sackoff, what was that? Uh, Christmas Sale. Sale. Yes. That one felt very Miracles of Christmas mm-hmm. as well. Well, um, and last year, I feel like, I think this year there are only eight Miracles of Christmas ones coming out. One mm. per week leading up, maybe okay. nine or ten. And I think last year there were like 14. So I feel like maybe the balance because of whatever pro- else programming wise they may have bumped well, some of those over to last year. Countdown to Christmas also started, you know, three weeks into 2020, taking 9,000 years. That's so, true. <laughs> they're like, no, you people need it now. It's like, so I, I think that's all we have to say uh, for today. That, that, this is such a short show because last week we did all of them. We also have another very, we have two more very long episodes to look forward to. Uh, Thanksgiving week, we have six movies to go through because every night it's a double feature. That's true. Most definitely. And so then, we've got extra coming. Yeah. Once all of the Countdown to Christmas movies are done, we can have our holiday wrap-up show <gasps> where we talk about all 30 movies that um, Hallmark is giving to us Perhaps for this Countdown to Christmas. Perhaps we should them. Mmm. Mm-hmm. I know what is in the bottom already <laughs> for me. That's funny because I know what's in the bottom way. for me. <laughs> oh not my the same goodness! Me. <laughs> no, no. But so, sh- so let's talk about this right now. Should we do rankings where, um, my, my like here's my thirty, here's your thirty, and our number thirties go against each other, our number twenty nines, and then we re rank them of seeing oh how things actually go. For things that actually have the exact same score as each other, boom, that goes here. 
Uh, so we create a bracket like that. That sounds so very what's complex. So what's L's ranking? Dan. What's Dan's ranking? But then what is our show's ranking of them? Mm. Mm. Let's think about that and ponder on it this week while we're waiting for the brand new releases this next weekend. All right. And we'll come back it, to you. We'll let you know. If you if you have a better title for this show than we have, and I don't know, I don't even know if it's possible. I mean, untitled Hallmark movie podcast, I think that's gold. But if you have a better title, please drop it to us. Or if you want to share your thoughts on these Hallmark holiday movies, please send them to them. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Dan Costellic. Elle, where can people find you? They can find me on the Book of Faces at Ella Nora Actress. That is E-L-L-A-N-O-R-A Actress on Facebook. And until next time, eat some gingerbread, people. Find yourself a flight of hot cocoa. <laughs> Haul out the holly. <laughs> and don you now your very gay apparel over and over and over again. Until then, I'm Eleonora <laughs> Thomas. I'm Dan Costellic. And uh, go watch some Hallmark movies. Do it! Today's show is brought to you by Cranberry Seltzer. Available wherever seltzer is sold. And if you can't get cranberry flavoring, buy cranberries, drop them in yourself. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a delight it is. Please don't sue me, Alka-Seltzer. Today's show is also brought to you by my phone, because it's in front of me, and I can see it. Today's show is also brought to you by vegan cheese. You might be thinking, Dan, how is cheese vegan? It comes from a cow. Nay, nay, I say to you. Today's show is also brought to you by bookshelves. They're nice. And they're for more than just books. And finally, today's show is brought to you by Awkward Pauses. Awkward Pauses.